You're listening to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, episode one. Buckle up. Hello and welcome to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, where we discuss not only who or what might be driving your life, but also the great views and experiences along the way. Do you drive in the fast lane like my wife, or do you feel like you're stuck in first gear? You only get one life to live, and it can be either a total wreck or a beautiful cruise into the sunset. We are three friends that have collectively experienced almost anything that could possibly happen in this crazy world. And we'll be discussing our personal reflections and experiences so hopefully you can avoid running out of gas and truly enjoy the wind blowing in your hair. So hop on in with us for a little road trip called life. And let's discuss who's driving your car. Aye! Welcome to the first episode of Who's Driving Your Car. We appreciate everyone being along for the inaugural ride in the car with us today. In today's episode, we'll, we will be talking about the impact of different people in our lives at different times for different purposes. That could be for a minute, a day, a few months, a few years, or your whole life. I'm Matthew, one of the hosts here on the podcast, just trying to help all those out there put a name with a voice so to speak and we've got john steve and craig we'll let them say a few words so you can identify with them as well hey podcast listeners this is steven uh great to have you aboard looking forward to uh letting y'all listen to what we have to say hello everybody this is craig welcome to the podcast uh, looking forward to having y'all along for the ride and see where these crazy conversations go can't wait to hear from some of y'all and uh glad you tuned in with us today yeah guys so today we were you know brainstorming talking about what would be a good topic for episode one and just a short background um none of us have done this so we appreciate y'all bearing along for the ride so to speak uh maybe a hiccup or two along the way but we are going to be our authentic selves kind of what you're going to hear and or see maybe in some of the photos on the line is what you're going to get when brainstorming a lot of us thought it would be good to talk about um, kind of how we met because it's kind of some entertaining and different stories on that and the importance of now the impact we all have in our lives and the involvement of the podcast, along with the people that come in and out of our lives for, for little blips. And so maybe uh, you all out there can think of the important people in your lives or the people that you cross every day and, and why, who or why they come into your life and why they do that. What y'all think, guys? Yeah, no, this Craig here. Um, take a while to get used to our voices. Yeah, I agree. So we were talking about, you know, people coming into and out of our lives and, you know, if anything, you know, we all kind of met each other in unique ways. I'm not sure if y'all want to discuss those yet or... I think that'd be great for the world to hear a little bit about it. Trying to think who met who first. I think I met John first. I can go into that story if you'd like to. That will appease you, John. Go for it, buddy. Okay. (laughs) So I met this this guy in... uh, early 2016 uh, we were both going through difficult times in our life Um, I was coming off of an elbow injury and he was trying to learn how to play tennis Um, I uh, had been playing tennis quite a lot around that time four or five times a week um, and really had a good time probably one of the best tennis players in this area just to note well that would be debatable but um, I've been playing quite a bit and I had an injury to where uh, sidelined me. It was on my dominant hand. Um, so after about a couple of weeks, put on about 10, 12 pounds, was thinking, oh man, I need to do something to exercise to try to keep this weight off. And uh, it was around the holidays. So um, I realized that 
After playing ping pong with my nieces and nephews left-handed, that it was pretty similar. Maybe I could switch over and play tennis left-handed also. So I wasn't good enough left-handed to play with the people that I normally played with. And uh, one of my tennis buddies had suggested um, there was this new guy who was coming out to play tennis. Um, Elite athlete. He was a, uh, yeah, I'm going to get to that in a second. (laughs) He was um, a former college um, baseball player. They said he was an athletic guy. So I was like, all right. We're both beginner tennis players, uh, even though I'm playing on my non-dominant hand. Maybe I'll give this guy a shout. So um, started off, uh, got his number. I didn't know him, uh, so I shot him a text, which I'm pretty sure went unanswered. No answer for sure. It was very random. Kind of concerning, actually. So I sent him a few more messages, and uh, I think probably the first couple weren't answered. And then after that, he had some excuses where he just kind of brushed me off and no doubt intentionally trying to brush him off for (laughs) sure (laughs) so anyway he did he didn't play with me so after enough pestering he finally agreed um to play with me or felt bad enough for the poor guy who would not leave me alone out there didn't think he had any friends thought he needed to pick me up yeah um everybody started calling me lefty after i uh hurt my arm so it was a tough time for me were you good left-handed well, I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, switching hands. It was a difficult thing uh, to kind of switch over and do that. <laughs> Don't build him up, Greg, please. <laughs> Matt, did he beat you left-handed, even though he's right-handed? I was very competitive. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Keep in mind, I've been playing tennis like for a month, maybe. Could barely get the ball over the net. I had been playing with my left arm at almost everything in my life, never before. And he had been using his right arm his whole life. That is true, and very athletic. But to play tennis properly and get the ball where it's supposed to be, completely different thing. I was, I am very athletic and get around out there a lot, but don't didn't know a whole lot about tennis at the time. So anyway, I finally get him out uh, to the court, and when I meet him, um, he quickly tells me that he he owns a uh, gourmet hot dog shop, which um, that is how his nickname came about. Since that time, I. Nicknamed him Hot Dog and have called him that ever since. That nickname, Along with calling me that, I have about 15, 20 articles of clothing with mon- monogrammed hot dogs on them. Uh, it took me a long time to come along, probably about two years to accept the name. It did take him a while to warm up to the nickname. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty fantastic. I was thinking to myself and I expressed with him that, uh, hey, you know, you got this gourmet hot dog shop. You got a great product. It's amazing. You should embrace that and be the hot dog man of lake charles he is officially the hot dog man of lake charles <laughs> oh but that doesn't catch on any further than it is at the current moment so anyway after our first meeting uh i, f- I realized that this guy's pretty talkative fella and he tells me his whole life story included in that life story was that he is an elite athlete self-proclaimed john go ahead and tell the people what happened in our tennis so i know everybody out there is kind of wondering what happened with our uh, first meeting and every meeting since then. Um, Sidebar, I have not played in about a year and a half. It turns out that uh, a one-armed left-handed caraway is better than an elite athlete. Still undefeated against this guy. That's false. I did take one set, I believe, one set, and we haven't played since then. 
Um, <laughs> shockingly. <laughs> and then he became a real tennis player, got his arm fixed, could play with, you know, normal 4.0, 4.5, whatever the heck he is rating-wise. I begged him to play tennis probably 10, 15 times since, and then won't play. I think he's concerned. He lost once, doesn't want to play again. <laughs> If any of you play tennis, you know that you don't lose by um, dropping one set or one game. I can't even remember which what it was. I think it was might have been one game. Definitely was not a game. That's, that's <laughs> pathetic. Anyway, since that time, he and I became uh, good friends, and uh, we've been hanging out since that time. Yeah, moral of the story is I really did close the door on John. I did not want to play tennis with him. Flat out ignored the guy, which is rare for me, but I knew nothing of him other than our mutual friend in between. And uh, it kind of goes to show he's, he's truly is one of my best friends to this day. I talk to him literally every day. Um, so sometimes, uh, you know, God put that on John's heart to keep knocking on my door, and I'm, I'm glad I answered for sure. All right, Craig Cream. All right. You know, it's interesting. This just came to mind, and I don't know if uh, Matt knows I'm going to say this. We can get our HIPAA disclosure after this is over. So he'll surely don't it. know what he's going with but here. I think there was a time where I saw this guy in clinic with a little musculoskeletal injury. We all get aches and pains when we play That's tennis true. and especially left-handed guys who are really good. <laughs> but we, this guy, uh, we, we addressed a slight uh, musculoskeletal injury and I was like, man, this guy can, this guy can talk. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he was just a great guy, but one of those really cool patients that take about 30 minutes to treat because of the nice conversations you have. And I was like, man, this guy's pretty cool, but you know, you know, I just, it was a kind of a passing thing until one day I'm uh, working out in the gym and I was like, wait a minute. That's uh that's that guy I saw in clinic. And we started chit chatting, connected the dots real fast. And uh, how many years ago was that, Matt? That was probably before, I don't know if that was before John's time or not, to be 100% honest. I've always known of Craig also through my dad and other people in the town. Craig, as we discussed in our little trailer, is extremely um, well-connected and has done well for himself in the entrepreneur world with his businesses and things like that. So I knew of you, but I didn't know you. I think that was probably like 2014, 2015, somewhere in there okay. would be my guess. And, and I do remember seeing Craig in the workout room. I fondly referred to him during those times as crazy Craig, uh, for his, uh, fanatical workouts. I'm in there kind of going old school with some weights and Craig's in there running around on circuits for 30, 40 minutes, making me tired, just watching him run around in the workout room. <laughs> well, you know, I, as we get older, uh, it just gets more difficult to work out and keep pounds off. So I've been doing that since, you know, I mentioned maybe in the, uh, introductory, uh, part of this podcast, if you go back and listen about our bios and kind of a little bit about us as a, from a very young age, I was overweight, went through the weight loss process. So fitness has always been really important to me and has evolved as I've gotten older. And so, yeah, me and Matt hanging out in the gym, talking, working out. And a lot of times those conversations, we would, we'd quit working out and talk for 30 minutes about, you know, just business ideas and life and just all kind of crazy stuff. And it got to where we would, you know, look forward to just running into each other at the gym. And, um, a lot of those conversations, uh, just evolved and kind of took it from just a social and professional to, to, to friendship. And it was really awesome. Yeah, no doubt. And with both John and Craig, I, uh, I found people that I connected with. We all have a, a lot of spiritual thought to us. Uh, we all have a lot in common. Craig and I especially were, were rocking along in so far as entrepreneurship, a lot in common with that. And I thought, I thought it was really neat. I had come from a background of playing baseball all the way through college, then law school, and I was 
kind of going down my own path of developing into who I was and identity outside of baseball. And then I ran into John, who really, as you can tell, he's, he's kind of our comedic one here running around here, has a, a good lighthearted view on life. It, it's probably taught me a lot personally on how to somewhat be comedic and for sure laugh a lot. So it's funny how the paths all crossed. And then, and so far as the three of us getting together, so I knew both. It was a common thread between Mino and John and Mino and Craig. An, op- an opening thing for him that uh, he does laugh a lot. A lot. He's uh, still working on the comedic stuff, though. That, that, that hasn't <laughs> been, uh, he hasn't perfected that quite yet. As was stated in the first uh, trailer, not one that is super comedic, for sure. Well, the uh, next I can talk about how I met Dr. Morton. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I, I just came back to Lake Charles. Um, what year did you come back, Craig? So I guess it was 2007. I officially returned back to Lake Charles. Okay. Yeah. So you were practicing physiatry at that time? At that time, yes. Uh, a couple years later, um, a couple of physiatrists were coming to town, Craig being one of them. And I remember um, some people asking me, they were like, oh, they got these new physical medicine uh, doctors coming to town, or are they going to be cutting into all this chiropractic business? And I was like, well, you know, they really don't do the same things that we do. You know, I really don't think it's a big deal that they're going to be cutting into the business. So not long after that, I was invited to their uh, facility grand opening, a uh, beautiful facility here in town. And I remember going there, and uh, it's a packed house, a bunch of people there, very nicely done. And I ran into one of the um, imaging facility reps, and she asked me, she said, have you met Dr. Morton yet? (laughs) And I said, "Uh, no, I haven't. Well, after that, she enthusiastically tells me, I I can get you a meeting with Dr. Morton. (laughs) She grabbed me by the hand and started dragging me across the room. And I was like, well, he looks pretty busy right now. You know, I'll get to him at some point in time, you know, so... (laughs) I'm uh, pretty easily amused, so I got pretty tickled by that. <laughs> I did not meet him that day. That's the story I was going to tell you earlier, Craig. I did not meet Craig Morton that day. Decided to shut that door that day, huh, buddy? Well, he was. That, pre- it was a pretty day, pretty busy day for him. Um, there was hundreds of people there. Had an was, inside, that's man. crazy. I feel like, oh my God, I wonder if it's maybe around the same time. But what I remember about Steve was, um, I was at a party, me and my wife and some <laughs> friends. It was a Christmas party at a mutual friend's uh, house and the music was pumping. It's one of those parties where everybody's kind of half drunk, half dancing, cutting up. (laughs) They should, you know, these are all, you know, you know, adults with families and, but they're letting loose a little bit. And uh, Steve shows up and and I, and I known Steve, I knew who he was, but I didn't know him personally too well. And uh, his girlfriend at the time, now his wife was uh, really good friends with my sister growing up. And so I knew that connection and Steve showed up, and he's got these these awesome dark locks that just kind of cascade over his hair, and he comes in. Locks and, of love, that's what I they mean, are. I mean, he was definitely uh, coming in strong, and the music was pumping, people were dancing, and I could see this fire in his eyes. Like dum, dum, I said, dum, Steve's got, dum. he's hiding something. Like, he was, he was like a tiger waiting to pounce, because what was <laughs> happening was, people were having this little dance-off, you know, when they form the circle, and everybody's dancing, and, you know, they were all kind of doing their little silly dances, but... There was something different about Steve that day, and I, I didn't know what was going to happen, but it didn't take long before he broke out in this, this, these <laughs> dance moves that kind of like, I don't know, if you just took a hybrid of some of the coolest dance moves you saw in those MTV videos back in the day, 
and it was just, or I could hear some some shows where you could have dance offs, like the dance off shows, you know, on TV. Yeah, man. So you man. think you can dance? Well, Steve tore it up that day, and uh, it was funny. I was like, man, where'd that come from? <laughs> and I mean, I'm sure that night we we uh, we shook hands and had a beer and visited, but um, that was probably still. I don't know if that was, maybe that was after or around that time Steve mentioned. And, uh, and then it started to slowly come together. It was like you said, we all sort of, uh, we knew Matt individually really well. And then what tied it all together? Well, um, when I really was probably introduced to you more on a personal level, my, my recollection of it was one day, uh, I was going to have lunch with Matt and he said, Hey, um, can't have lunch with you today. I'm going to lunch with Greg. Um, and then he's like, well, let me talk to Craig, make sure, you know, you can come along. So John probably invited himself from what I recall. But. I probably did. I mean, I'm also a professional lunch eater. Uh, I don't miss many lunches. Um, so what happened was we go out to, to lunch this day and we have a good conversation, have a great time. You know, I had been referring patients to, uh, Craig for years, uh, but knew him more on a professional level. And then, um, uh, after that day, um, you know, everybody had a good time and we had a few more lunches and, um, everything went great. And then one day we go to lunch with Craig and he says, Hey guys, I want to invite you all on to a, uh, a weekend in the woods, <laughs> weekend of peace. So Matt and I are looking at each other like, uh Oh, what's about to happen. That was immediately like, Nope. Well, Story he, of Matt's he, life, he did immediately say no. So what happened was he invited us to go on an axe retreat and, uh, right out the gate. I'm not even sure that Craig finished the invitation of what, what we were getting into and hot dog over here says, Nope. Hot dog knew what we were getting into yeah. and had heard enough and, and had been pushed on enough to do this, but was still going with no. It was a no for sure. Anyone who knows Hot Dog knows that he enjoys going to church. He enjoys doing his prayers. He's very proud of his uh, belief. So uh, this was pretty shocking for me that he immediately just shot it down right out the gate. John is forgetting that he had already been asked by his own brother to be on one of these retreats and declined him. Just for the record, he's leaving that high detail piece of information out. That's true. I had said no to that uh, many times. Uh, but after hearing the enthusiasm um, in his rejection, I just thought I need to do something to force this upon him. Yeah. <laughs> so typical. Of course, he would blame me for the reason <laughs> that uh, he wound up saying yes to the retreat. Classic. So um, anyway, we started negotiating at that point in time. And uh, Matt decides that okay well maybe i can throw something out there that both of these guys will not be able to agree to in order to get out from going on this uh, axe retreat so he comes up with a scheme to where we would craig and i would go on a trip with him uh to the mountains in north carolina for that's what you call a beautiful peaceful trip in the wilderness <laughs> there is zero <laughs> doubt about that for three to four nights what was it three three to five nights the deal was if how many Iraq nights the axe retreat was we would go to north carolina one of my favorite places in north carolina um again and just as i brought them together to try to enlighten the friendship to try to show them new new spots in in uh on the earth one of my favorite places in north carolina so i was saying now mind you this retreat is a group of men loving supportive men who all you know, get together to have this this uh, experience where we share, grow closer. It's a lot of prayer, but it's really a, just a really uh, escape from the world. 
to grow deeper and closer um, and, and spirituality. And so Matt, being a spiritual person, I thought it'd be great. And Steve and trying to give these guys that experience. Uh, it was a really rewarding experience for me. But Matt wasn't having it. Nope. Nope. Matt was a no-go unless we could uh, we could get ourselves because uh, Matt was not looking forward to potentially sleepless nights. Um Getting a little bit out of routine. I am pretty routine oriented. Um, I, I was pretty comfortable with where I was at. Honestly, didn't want to push the envelope. Felt I had pushed it enough in some other areas in my life and, and didn't feel it was for me. But after constant, constant pestering, I came up with the the deal. One of the best deals we've ever made. So Craig and I, we, we stepped up to the plate and we said, look, you know, you need a little bit of this in your life. So we made the sacrifice and we agreed our or the trip our, was just too good of a deal. Our wives agreed that it was okay in order to get this hot dog man on, on this retreat that we would agree to go on this trip into the mountains. And on the other side of it, these guys needed a guy's trip. Couldn't, it's very rare, especially John, to get him to go anywhere besides an LSU football game. So it was my way of also trying to help them out in return. You know, Matt, I got to say that is true. Uh, when I went to my wife and said, hey, I'm going to go hiking with some buddies in North Carolina – and it's the only way Matt's going to go on this axe retreat. And you know what? It, you can't say no to that. So it was actually kind of sweet. So I thank my wife for allowing me to go. But it was also, uh, thanks, Matt. You definitely sealed the deal on that. Yeah, and that uh, go Tigers. trip to North Carolina is one for the books when we got to the airport with Craig. Maybe a story for another day. <laughs> so once we, once we get him to, we agreed to go on the trip with him, uh, he immediately moved the goalpost. The next demand that he came up with was... All right, Craig, yes. you're, you're in on this retreat. I need oh, to true. have someone uh, roommate with me that is guaranteed not to snore. Yes, I was on this retreat team, and uh, Matt and Steve were retreatants. And so Matt said, look, Craig, I'll go. Well, first first criteria was met. We agreed to the trip. <laughs> Second criteria is he wanted somebody who did not snore. So I... Craig, you want to tell him about the snoring part, buddy? Yeah, well, you know, all right, so... Apparently Matt doesn't like snoring and, and I don't blame him. I don't either, but my wife doesn't snore. And, uh, I'm you think about the hunting trip. Is that what oh, you a wonderful trip to a little place called Gaydon? So we went on a hunting trip in, this is a duck hunting camp. They have these bunk rooms <laughs> and I pretty much assured Matt that I do not snore. Uh, assuredly, assuredly. I don't do that. Um, my wife will disagree occasionally. Um, usually, um, it's whenever I have lack of sleep or maybe alcoholic beverages might contribute to snoring. But basically, me and Matt had a room we shared. And uh, what I was told in the morning was you slept really good. Craig slept like a rock. I mean, I had to throw pillows a couple times, try to wake him up. He was out. Matt, on the other hand, got about 30 minutes to an hour of sleep. I was pretty happy when the sun was about to come up <laughs> so we could just get to the duck blind so I could sleep the next night. So I was on very little sleep because of Craig snoring. I mean, even out snoring the white noise, brown noise app we were rocking in there. So Matt was a little worried of that was just one night. If I'm going to have to go do this for three or four nights in the little cabin in the woods, so to speak, for the axe retreat, Mm, I can't do that for four nights. I got to make sure I get some sleep. So in all fairness to me, I wanted to make sure I had somebody yeah. who was not snoring. And I actually prefer John to be my roommate. To be yeah. So one of the criteria was they can't be roommates with someone they know. So I had a bad snoring night. They're not all like that, but we're working on that anyway. <laughs> so I literally started calling random people on this retreat, just thanking them for signing up and letting them know I'd be praying for them. And by the way, do you snore? 
and I had the most. You're disqualified. Yeah, I mean, I think I really got a lot of eyebrows. I even I texted a few people I knew, and uh, I kind of giggled because one of the responses from the guy who would ultimately be his roommate was, "Well, my wife says I don't, so I guess that's okay." And uh, long story short, that's how we found his roommate. That's how we found a roommate and another good friend of ours who politely declined to be the fourth man on the crew here. We tried uber hard, so we hope when he's listening to this, he can he can have a chuckle or two. Keep downloading, Green Paul. IT extraordinaire. Okay, so we get him on the retreat. We get him to uh, agree to all of that. So there were some other demands that were rumored. Uh, I wasn't privy to the actual demands, but it was also rumored that he needed uh, sweet tea in his room 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> Falsities um, again, for sure on that. Uh, it was also rumored that he needed for breakfast uh, marshmallows that were three quarters toasted. False again, getting the wrong impression for all the listeners. <laughs> See, this is John where he goes off tracks. John is known for throwing Matthew under, which is probably half the reason I'm his friend because I, I could take the run of these jokes pretty easily. The only two demands were we I would go on the trip. We went to North Carolina. And if uh, I did have a roommate who didn't snore, that is actually accurate. And the funny thing is, retreat this is why you can't judge a book by its cover had a great time but the first morning i'll never forget i wake up i walk across the hall and john looked like death warmed over it was pretty rough for him he had been making fun of me about my paranoia of not being able to sleep and john it was uh it was pretty rough so i we get up the first morning um up before the the crack of dawn and i walk out of my room walk down to go get coffee and one of the first people i see is hot dog strolling down the hall super happy and excited and i feel terrible um the beds were not super comfortable my pillow wasn't the right height so i woke up with a crick in my neck and uh couldn't turn my head my neck was stuck tilted over to the side and he looks at me and was like man you look terrible i got a great laugh it was probably one of them one of my top moments with john ever that look when i saw him yeah so anyway i survived um Unfortunately, Craig didn't have anything on the retreat that he could shoot me up with at that at that oh, time. Um, I would have taken anything, I think. <laughs> Craig was also probably sleeping just fine along for the ride over there in his room. We stole a few egg crates from some unsuspecting uh, teammates, so I had a great night. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, after that, we uh, we went on the hiking trip in North Carolina in the Highlands and um, had a wonderful time. Some of the other people who had gone on the retreat with us. Uh, ended up coming with us. People so, were begging to go on this trip. There, there was a line on the uh, on the on the travel trip. Several people didn't make the cut. We were trying to all stay in one car, one one house. Um, so ended up being a few of the guys, um, and it, we just had a great time and got to know everybody a lot a lot more closely. Yeah. Long story short, little Matthew, aka Hot Dog, deserves quite a bit of credit for getting that trip together. Yes, you could be a travel agent. I mean, really. I have been trying now since then. Unfortunately, that was in 2017, May? That sounds 2018. 2018, May of 2018, and there's not been another trip since, minus a couple LSU football games. I have tried not through lack of effort. The sad thing is I have nothing to, to make a deal with, and, and they won't come unless I guess it's a deal. Well, this guy, you hear him, he's uh... – Talking about, oh, all I've gotten to do is go to a couple of LSU games. Um, for all of you not in Louisiana, uh, we're having a pretty good year. We just had uh, Heisman, Joe Burrow, 
uh, quarterback. Um, we're in the playoffs, play Oklahoma next week, and uh, highly hopeful – probable national championship appearance so it's 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 don't realize we live literally two hours away from baton rouge so these have been some nice fun day trips even the one craig came with us on however um it's nothing like a nice little trip to north carolina we were supposed to go to nashville that got turned down time and time again but with that being said the best thing y'all ever said yes to was the podcast which was super shocking considering how often (laughs) i get turned down (laughs) <laughs> yes, and we didn't have to go on a trip or anything. So this was uh this has been awesome. Who Don't we- worry. Just between the listeners and myself, the goal is to get the podcast on the road at some point. Might be my way for us to get on a trip again. Have you been uh, asking people out or what are you talking about you getting turned down? I'm kind of confused here. I'm getting turned down by y'all every time I try to ask y'all to go on a blasted trip. <laughs> Yeah, usually uh, our only limitations are these uh, beautiful things we call wives and children, and they kind of hold us back a little bit, but it's uh, it's our schedules, kind of crazy, but we, we do love to travel. I'm looking forward to our next trip, Matt. It's going to be awesome. I'm glad to hear that the people out there, we have some type of recording saying there will be a next trip. That's kind of a victory for me in and of itself. We are taking this on the road. I, I think it'll happen. John, you want to add to that, buddy? I love to go on the road. Um like um, I talked about earlier on uh, in our intro, uh, you know, I got a little baby coming. Um, so if we do make it to the national championship, I'm going to be a on-call attendee to the uh, championship. Um, Can't wait to be the driver for it. Alongside. <laughs> I'm always the driver, awesome. folks. Always the driver, Matthew here. <laughs> so the baby's due on the 21st of January, and uh, – the national championship is January 13th, so it's cutting pretty close. That's cutting close. And for those of you who are not familiar with Louisiana, it's about a three-hour drive. Uh, if everything goes great, no traffic, get it on the road and smoke it. Oh, man. So that's kind of how, I mean, in reflecting, that's how we all sort of evolved and became really good friends. And ever since I would say that trip, we probably had lunches, uh, if not once a week, every other week. I know... Uh, you and Steve get to do a lot more. I'm kind of going in a thousand directions with family, but we, we get together and we, we discuss this. We talk about life and fun stuff and crazy stuff and what we're going through and uh, the highs, the lows, the ideas. Um, usually just give our waitresses a hard time, you know, and include them in some of our conversations. And so uh, I like I like the subject today, Matt, just talking about why people come in your lives and how they impact your life and the different directions they take us. Yeah, guys, we thought it would be good to kind of, it's funny how the past came across to get all the way to here and then all the way through one of my other really good friends um, that I had mentioned early on too in the the first little trailer, hopefully y'all listen to, um, Cannon, who got me into listening to podcasts in the first place. And and like I said, I I feel blessed. I I have made a lot of connections, met a lot of people in my life, but the two guys sitting here with me are, are some of my best friends. And um have had major impacts on my lives my life that they probably don't even realize and it is funny you 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 should never one of the things i've learned never close a door on something um and i really am i'm happy that they decided to do the podcast for the experience if nothing else we're going to make a memory here um hopefully help help our listeners and our listeners help us i'm sure in some one way or another um so yeah we wanted to give that as a good example but there's a lot of other examples out there guys about people who might come into our life you know the patients y'all see the clients that i have the impacts they make on us the you know the the uh, those that are less fortunate especially this time of year you know eating at food pantries and things like that that the person we see on the corner of the street who uh 
makes us feel fortunate that we have what we have and can kind of humble us and things like that. So there's a reason for everybody that comes into our lives. Y'all want to talk about a few of the examples out there? Yeah, gosh. I mean, you think about the people you're really close to, whether it's, um, you know, close friends and the, the wonderful trips and memories you make. I mean, even the, to this day, we'll reflect on trips with friends and family and just, you know, it's all about the experiences. When this world's over, you can't take anything with you. You can't take a U-Haul with you, but you can take the love and the memories. And so just creating those memories and experiences. And, you know, a lot of times uh, people come into your life, they give you opportunities. And it's easy to say no sometimes, but just being open to, to saying yes and, and just seeing what, you know, uh, God has in store for you, is, it's pretty awesome. And so I was reflecting on that, you know, just with my relationship with my family and friends and, you know, and other things like even simpler situations, like when you're going down the street and someone cuts you off, I mean, that's a moment they came into your life in a sense. And, you know, that initial impulse of reaction to be angry or upset, you know, versus somebody who um, is asking for money and you may have different responses to that, either, you know, feeling sorry for them and generous, or some people may feel um, turned off by that um, or the person who, who helps you out you know, with, with a daily task or, or doing something unexpected, those little things happen, but they also kind of control your emotions at that moment. So it's, it, you know, it's, it, it makes you reflect on how you treat others. Um, I often think about that, like, am I responding the best way I can at this moment? Or is there something I can learn from this moment about my own patience and my own tolerance level? Um, those are a couple of things I just, I contemplated while we were just talking the last few minutes. Yeah, man, that's uh, really well said. Yeah, I always try to keep in mind what's going on um, in people's heads who are around me. Uh, it may be a waitress. It may be a patient of mine. Uh, you never really know what they're going through. So um, some of the things that I like to do is always like to tell a joke or make fun of myself or someone else. Do anything that I can to lighten the mood. Ask them uh, genuinely how they're doing um, and see what kind of response that you can get. Um so actually on that uh, hiking trip that uh, Hot Dog and I went on the first time with Green Paul, who is not here. Yeah, John, in um, his credit, did go on two hiking trips with me. I will give him credit for that. He was <laughs> on fire in 2018, fell off since. <laughs> uh, we, we had a waitress who uh, initially came up and she was pretty cold, wasn't very friendly. So after a couple of little nudgings, uh, from her, you know, we found out that her son was in the military, uh, and he was deployed overseas and she wasn't really sure where he was and, uh, if he was safe or what was going on. So our first reaction to this woman was, um, man, she's not very nice. She's not very friendly. Um, but after, you know, a little prodding, uh, she opened up to us and let us know, you know, Maybe she is a very nice person, uh, friendly person, but she's really worried about her son who's, uh, you know, putting in service for the country for uh, each one of us. So I always try to just keep in mind, uh, keep an open mind of where people are um, mentally, physically, and uh, try to think of ways that I can do to, to impact people's lives and lighten the mood and help them have better days. Yeah, man, I, I would toggle along with that. I've always been taught growing up and, and still do it to this day. Uh, and kind of, Craig, it, it made me think of it when you said someone cutting you off in, um, in traffic or something like that or somebody not going right out the gate on a red light or uh, one of those type things to, to try not to honk the horn at the person. Or maybe if you see someone, you're going into the supermarket, open the door for them so they can walk in because you never know. They may have found out that 
they just lost a loved one or a loved one's terminally ill or just lost a job, maybe going through something pretty difficult and just a simple hello, a wave, something like that. Um, when, when you pass somebody you don't know or asking them how they do could, could be a little pick-me-up that they, they may need. You, ne- you never know what someone's going through. Somebody might be able to hold it well on the outside, but on the inside, uh, they may be going through something. All right, guys, every week we're going to do a little segment or two called what made you uh, hit the brakes and what made you pump the gas. So each week, one of us will come along with a little story uh, during our week, something that came about that made us, you know, think for a second, hit the brakes type deal or something that was really cool that happened that would cause us to hit the gas. And this week, John's going to hit those. So let's start off with what made you hit the brakes, John? Well, what made me hit the brakes this week is, uh, you know, it's getting close to Christmas time. um, So it's pretty hectic. Short business weeks, uh, shopping, all of that kind of stuff. Parties every night, gathering, family gatherings, that kind of thing. Um, and it just, for some reason, something just popped into my head, um, you know, that I should write my dad a, a note, uh, something that I just jot down a couple of notes saying, you know, to remind everyone, I'm uh, from a big family. I'm the fifth of 11 children. Um, so there was a ton of us. So there's a lot to do to take care of all these kids. So um, I just, the thought came to me that I should write him a note and say, hey, that's pretty amazing, you know, what you did to provide for all of those children um, and to take care of us growing up. Um, not all of them were as easy to raise and easy to love as, as I am. So it, some of those mother. things can That's be difficult. Uh, Falsity. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the thing that uh, caused me to hit the brakes. Uh, wrote a little quick little note to my dad this week. That's incredible, awesome. man, especially coming from you. I, I'm extremely close <laughs> to my family. I see I live about a mile away in John's defense. He lives a little far away. I'm always begging him to talk to his mom and dad. I'm in pretty constant communicate with mine. As is Craig. Craig, yeah. Craig lives pretty close to his parents. John, on the other hand, different. He's, he's a free bird, as you can probably tell. So I'm proud of you, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. I talk to Lady J pretty frequently, too. Yes, he does talk to Lady J, a.k.a. my mom. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, John. All right, man. That's great. What uh, caused you to hit the gas this week, buddy? All right. So what caused me to hit the gas? Um, so my wife was recently out of town for uh, a couple of days. Um, she went on a little retreat also. And during that time, I redid our bedroom, which she had been wanting to do for a while. So when she came home and uh, everything had been redone, stuff that she had wanted to do for a while, um, just to see the the joy and happiness that uh, she finally got what she wanted <laughs> and yes. we've done some improvements that she had, had been wanting to have done for a while. So that made me even want to do more. So again, this week I did some other things, uh, that she had been wanting to have done just so I could get a little bit of more of that joy and excitement. And uh, maybe get on a trip Wallace, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what caused me to um, trip, refocus. Sure and uh put the pedal to the metal and get done what needed to to get done um, at home awesome yeah man that's great um well look guys we appreciate everybody listening to our first episode hopefully you got a little uh 
view or window, look into our lives, how we met, and along the way started thinking of people that have been in your life. They could have come in from one day and impacted you and made you feel grateful, could have come in one day and are in your life forever, uh, your significant other, wife, husband, etc. And think about that. Maybe send those people a, a text message, shoot them an email, give them a phone call, let you know that they're important to you and things like that. And feel free to share your stories with us on Facebook and Instagram at Who's Driving Your Car Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll, until next time, we'll catch you later. See you next time. Hi. Hey, y'all. If you've been enjoying picking up what we've been laying down, subscribe and never miss an episode. Find us on social media and let us know who's driving your car this week. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Who's Driving Your Car Podcast. Yeah. If you fail